everybody. Happy Monday. Hello, Kim. How are you doing? Hi, Cecilia. We are starting a brand new week. How was your weekend, guys? What are you grateful for today? Hi, Becca. How are you doing? You're grateful for your son. Happy afternoon from Germany. Cut your hair, Emilio. Yeah, my wife cut my hair and I shaved my face. It was about time. <laughs> Nice to see you guys all here. Let's just all like do this with our hands and then take a couple of deep breaths. Just shake your hands like this. It really helps to move the energy. Grateful for the last weekend, sunny with lots of nature. Amazing, Christine. No more hippie, haha. <laughs> it will come back, Cecilia, don't worry. It's a little bit too short for my taste, but it's fine. So I'm very excited today uh, for today's session. Uh, minimalism, yeah, I am decluttering my hair. <laughs> grateful for Inside Timer. Yeah, Marisa, me too. Very grateful to have a platform that allows us to be here. Are there any new people to my live session today? Any person who is the first time uh, here with me? I'm always curious to know if there is someone. Um, if yes, just say me. Uh, and I'm connecting from Canada. I'm originally from Barcelona, Spain, but I live in Canada. I lived here since 2012. And my mission in life is to make intentional living fun simple and available to every person on the planet okay and today's topic it's about this book and i would like to know uh, if you guys have heard of this book it's from julie morgaston organizing from the inside out organizing from the inside out by julie morgaston and it's a book from 1998, I believe it was the first edition. Okay, uh, I have it from years ago. So it, it's a it's an old book, right? But still, the the method inside it's still very relevant. And trust me that uh, she was a big influence in myself in my own practice of helping people declutter and organize. And after doing like over 300 in-home sessions with people, I can tell you that this method is very efficient, very effective. It's really well designed and I always get results. I, uh, the method that we have, we always tweak it a little bit. Uh, we are influenced. My wife and I, we do, we work together with people and we always are influenced by different people. And depending on the specific moment, we will use some techniques on another. But the, the framework that I'm about to share about this book, it's, uh, it's very efficient, okay? So new to me, I have it from years. Uh, I am sorry. I don't know why you're sorry for Kim. I read that years ago. Okay, so the book starts with, uh, with some misconceptions that I would like to share with you because I find them very helpful and very eye-opening. And majority of the times people are not aware of them. 
and they are very, very simple. But so simple that sometimes the most simplest things uh, elude us, right? Uh, don't really think about them. But one of them is organizing is a mysterious talent, okay? Some lucky people are born with it, while others like you are left to suffer. So that's one misconception that the book shares. And this is something that many people believe, okay? Do you guys believe this? Do you guys believe that organizing is something that some people are born with that skill, but then other people will never have it? Uh, because if that's you, I have good news to you. Like organizing is a skill, okay? And a skill can be learned. Everybody can learn a new skill anytime in their lives. And organizing is a skill. <laughs> I don't have it. Christine, you can learn it, okay? So that's the first one. The second one, getting organized is an overwhelming, hopeless chore, okay? So for those of you who are feeling like that, okay, uh, Kim says, I think some are better at it than others. Kim, some are better at it than others because they have practiced it more, because they had put more time and effort into it, because maybe they had the opportunity to, to have someone in their lives to show them options, right? Maybe some people didn't have that opportunity. Some people were raised in homes where organization wasn't the norm. And it's not because their parents were bad. It's because maybe their parents didn't have exposure to being organized either, right? So you cannot give to someone something that you don't have yourself. And if you never learned yourself how to be organized because no one taught you, you cannot transfer the skills to someone else because you don't have them yourself. And that's why I'm doing this session today. That's why I'm always live here on Inside Timer, because I want you guys to learn this. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how bad the situation is. Every present moment, every present moment, it's an opportunity for you to start doing something different. Okay? You have helped me uh, make it less daunting. Thank you, Cecilia. My mom and siblings are well organized, but not me. Okay, Polly, that's fine. Sometimes we are not a reflection of our parents and sometimes we are quite the opposite because we reveal ourselves uh, to what we have at home. So that's another whole story, right? So another one, it's impossible to stay organized. <laughs> okay, it's impossible to stay organized. Another one, organizing is a non-productive use of time. People in my workshops often say to me, I want to get organized, I try to get organized, but I always feel like I should be doing more important things with my time. Okay? How do you feel about that? Do you think that organizing is a waste of time? Do you find yourself saying, I don't have time to get organized now because I have other things that are more important? Okay? But then those things that are more important, maybe you are not doing them efficiently, maybe uh, they are not flowing the way they are supposed to, maybe you are taking way more time than it, it's, it's required because you didn't allow yourself time to, to reflect, to analyze the steps, and then to make it more efficient, right? And then you, if you repeat a task like that often, then you are wasting a lot of time. And it doesn't matter if you waste time or not. What really matters is how you feel, okay? If it takes a lot of time for you to do a task, but you don't care about it and it's not frustrating you, that's fine. 
you don't have to optimize it if you don't want to. But when you are feeling frustrated, that's when you may benefit from doing this. Okay. Organizing helps you do the other things well and efficiently. Yeah. Once you're organized, then you have more time for fun things. Absolutely. Oh, that's what we are trying to do here, guys. I'm not trying to impose on you to get organized in areas that you don't need or you don't want or you don't feel like it. I am inviting you to analyze the things that you are frustrated with. Okay. Analyzing the things that you deep inside know, I think I'm wasting a lot of time here. And this is something that I don't like doing, but I have to do it. Like I have to cook my meals. I have to do my dishes. I have to do the laundry. I have to go to work. I have to, you have to do specific things uh, in life. If you cannot delegate them, if you cannot have someone to help you with them. Okay. You, you do them yourself, but some things you love them, doing them. Some things you just do them because they are maintenance. They, they are necessary things. Okay. When I start organizing, it's like it never stops. We will talk about that, Kim. Don't worry. Okay. So the, the three steps that this book is going to cover. Okay. It's divided in three steps. The first step is analyze. Okay. Step one, analyze. And this is analyzing your situation, right? Step two is going to be strategize. Okay. Strategize, create a strategy. And the step three is going to be attack. Okay. Actually taking action. And inside of, of these steps, we're going to dive deeper into what's, what's entitled on each step. But I want you to remember the framework. Okay. There are three steps, analyze, strategize, and attack. Okay. And if someone wants to write those steps in the, in the chat, uh, please do so that people can read them. But step one is analyze. Step two is strategize. And step three is attack. Okay. So we are going to start with the step that is the analyze. Okay. And the first thing that they start with, uh, that she starts with Yuli with this, it's a uh, defining what's holding you back. Okay. Thank you so much. Uh, Kay. Okay. So what's holding you back? Because when you are analyzing your situation, you are really becoming aware of what's going on in my life. What's going on in my home? Why do I have clutter? Why can't I get organized and stay organized? So you have to look at all those things before getting started, right? Because if you don't, if you don't really understand what's going on, it's very difficult for you to actually take steps to change because you don't know what you need to change. Okay. So the book talks about what's holding you back. Okay. And there are different things that can hold you back. Okay. But you need to understand them. So the book talks about technical errors is one thing that is holding you back. So basically just simple organization things that, that are not said properly, that if you change that technical thing, the system is going to be better. It talks about level two will be external realities. Okay. So basically something in your environment that is making the organization being difficult. Maybe it can be living with someone else. Maybe it can be uh, like different environmental reasons, right? Maybe you have a very small space and you don't have homes for everything. So that can cause the clutter. And the, the, the next one is the psychological obstacles. And I will say that that's probably one of the most important ones 
the psychological obstacles, right? So these are stuff that you have inside, like all habits, all beliefs, all ways of doing things that are no longer serving you, but you are so familiar with them that you just keep repeating them over and over and you just can't get out of them. Okay, so those are some of the of the things that 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 you have to look at. So, for example, some of the things to be more specific items that don't have a home. So that's a, a, a technical error that if you find yourself having in your home a lot of items that don't have a permanent home, that means that if I have this thing, for example, in my in my room and I don't have a place to put it back, when I'm tidying up my room and every time I put this down, I put it somewhere else and I don't have a permanent home for it. What's going to happen is that first, I don't know where to put it and that causes me stress. Second, when I need to find it, I don't know where it is because I don't remember if I put it every time in a different location, you will get frustrated because you won't find it. And that's when you start buying duplicates and then you start forming piles of things everywhere and you just forget where things are. Okay, so items not having a home is a big one. Inconvenient storage is another one. So you have something that you use on a regular basis and it is stored in a place that is not convenient to grab it. It's kind of difficult and frustrating. And the experience this happens, for example, imagine that you are in the kitchen, you want to bake a, a beautiful cake. Okay, you can connect with what, Lenore? Are you talking about the permanent homes or are you talking about the inconvenient storage? I'm going to talk about the inconvenient storage. Imagine that you are in your kitchen, okay? Oh, permanent homes. Okay, Lenore, imagine, let's say that you are in your kitchen, okay? Let's go. We all have a kitchen, okay? And then you have stuff in your countertops. You have plates, you have bowls, you have coffee mugs, you have calorie. So you need to find a permanent home for all those things. In my kitchen, for example, if I stand in front of the sink, I open this door, the mugs go here. I open this door, the plates go here. I open this door, the coffee mugs go there. I open the second drawer on the right and my calorie is always there. So when I put things back, everything has a home. Everything has a permanent place. Calorie with calorie, plates, dishes, everything. And when I finish tidying up my kitchen, there is nothing on the countertops. Everything is put away put away in its home, in its permanent spot, okay? So the process that we are going to do involves creating a permanent home for everything, okay? What's holding you back? Technical errors. Thank you, okay, for typing those, okay? Another error is creating a confusing system, a system that you have in place, but it's confusing. You don't really understand the steps, okay? And so because it's confusing, you don't follow it. This happens a lot with paper, for example, with paperwork, guys. You have your filing cabinet or you have piles of paper on your desk. And if you don't have a clear system that you feel comfortable and you understand, you will never be able to put those papers away. Okay, that's one great example for papers. Uh, organizing is boring. Sometimes we have that mentality like I don't want to organize because it's boring and you are lacking the connection with your outcome, the connection with that final goal of when I get organized, then I will be able to do X. I will be able to feel this way. I will be able to, and then connecting with that is really important because if not, organizing is just a chore that you just don't want to do. We don't want to do it. 
This is me with paperwork. I try my best because I like it all organized. So, okay, maybe you have a good system in place, uh, but sometimes if it's a system that is confusing, then uh, it's very difficult to follow it, okay? Unrealistic workload. That's another one. We try to achieve a task that is going to require a little bit of time and we are over-optimistic. And then we get started thinking that we're going to get it done in, in 30 minutes or an hour and then it takes longer than that. And then that doesn't work because then you feel frustrated, you feel like you have failed. So these are some of the things that are errors, that are things that you have to look at to be able to understand your situation, okay? And then some of the psychological obstacles that I was talking about are some people have a need for abundance, okay? A need for abundance because their physical items kind of show them who they are. They are their identity. Some other people like having the abundance because they need something to do and that makes them feel in control. This is something that sometimes is difficult to understand, but a lot of the times some people are afraid of decluttering and organizing because when you are done, then what? I don't know if you guys are connecting with this, but some people are afraid of what's next because when they declutter and organize and everything is good, then they have to face the reality of what am I supposed to do now? What's next for me? Okay? And that's scary for some people. And they decide to stay, they decide to self-sabotage themselves to stay in that mess, in that clutter, because it is familiar, because it gives them something to do, because it just feels right. And doing the work is scary because they don't know what's next for them. And they are afraid of the uncertainty of it. This is some people feel that way, okay? Another one is conquistador of chaos. Some people enjoy doing the process. Some people enjoy going from a mess to a place of order. But then when they are finished, again, they lose their purpose and then they want to do it again. So the only way for them to do it again is to create another mess to do it again. And this is another cycle that some people go through. Another one, another psychological obstacle is goals and clear goals and priorities. Okay? So this means that you get started with the process, but you are not clear about what do you expect from this process at the end of it. Okay? So once you are finished, what are you hoping for? And if you don't have clear goals and priorities, what's going to happen is that you're going to get started, you're going to pull things out, and then you are going to have a hard time moving through the process because first, you won't be able to make confident decisions because you're going to be facing like, okay, I have this. Uh, do I need it? Uh, I don't know. Do, do I want it? I don't know. So you need to have the clarity about, okay, I'm organizing my home because I want to be able to exercise. I want to be able to cook properly in my kitchen. I want to be able to tidy up really quickly. I want to be able to paint. I want to be able to whatever that is for you. Once you have that clarity, that's when you can attack the clutter and make confident decisions. Okay. I chase girls. Will it stop after meditating? <laughs> I don't know what that means. Uh, so need to retreat. Uh, fear. 
fear of losing creativity. So there are a lot of ones that she shares here in the book. Need for distraction is another one that, that Julie says that some people face. Uh, disliking the space is another one. Uh, sentimental attachment, I think that's a huge one for majority of us. You just are sentimentally attached to the things that you have and you just don't know how to move forward. You don't know how to let them go. You are grieving uh, because those items are triggering something on you and it's very difficult to move through the process, okay? Yeah, sentimental attachment, I would say probably is one of the biggest ones for majority of the people, especially when we are talking about items that belong to family members that are no longer with us. Uh, and then we just hold them because we want to keep that person with us, those memories with us. And then when the volume of those items is big, it becomes a big problem because you don't have enough space to store them. Okay. That attachment resonates loudly with me, Catherine. Yeah, we all have that. And sometimes it's very difficult to go through that. Okay, so these are some of the of the psychological obstacles that the book talks about and it dives deeper into each of them. But I just find it very interesting, right? To like shine the light on all of them because some of you may resonate with one, not with the other one, but some of you may think, wow, I never thought that I like creating order out of chaos and when I am finished, I need to do it again. So if I don't have a mess, I won't be able to do that, that again and then I will feel a little bit lacking purpose. So maybe you find yourself in that cycle and maybe you have to explore different options, different things to do rather than decluttering that give you the same thrill, right? Again, everybody's going to be in a different situation, but it's important to share these things so that you can uh, feel if that's you or if, if that's not you, okay? So there is a chapter about living or working with a disorganized person. And this is something that many of you may be facing, right? Living with someone that is not at the same level as you, meaning they don't care about organization or they have clutter, but they don't, they are not backed by that clutter and you are like frustrated with that clutter. So when that happens in the same house, uh, yeah, so the, there are a few things that the book shares that I think are interesting, okay? So things that you should know about when you are trying to work with someone that, that is not, uh, organized and maybe they don't want to be organized so the first thing that says the book says you cannot motivate someone else to get organized okay so you cannot motivate someone else to get organized this is something that I agree kind of because you can influence them by you doing something that they feel inspired by okay but you have to do the journey first yourself. You cannot tell someone, oh, you have to organize that room because it's a mess. No, you have to do first your own spaces and then hopefully that person will see the difference and then they will feel inspired to maybe try that. But you cannot force someone to do something that they don't want to, okay? Their mess, their mess is not an expression of disrespect, okay? So this means that the mess that they have doesn't mean that they are doing it intentionally because they don't respect you, okay? That means that they have a different way of functioning. They have different priorities. They may have different like uh, goals. And if you are not aware of those, then you will take that as an attack. That's why clear communication is so important, especially with couples, with families, right? You have to communicate clearly what is it that you need. 
you have to make specific requests. And sometimes your request cannot be imposed on others. So I have, I know of couples, for example, that, for example, she has really high standards of everything and he doesn't. So when he is about to do something, like he can do something, but the perfectionist, he's not a perfectionist. So he doesn't need to do something to the T, right? But she does. And then she feels frustrated anytime that he does something because he's never good enough. So in that dynamic, I have seen her opting to do everything herself. And then she complains because like, and, and this can be the opposite. This can be he and, and she not wanting to do it. So it doesn't matter who does what, right? But I just want you to understand that sometimes if you have really high standards for things uh, and then the other person doesn't, you cannot impose those standards on the other person unless you have clear communication and you find a balance between you, okay? Be between you two. So I just want you to know that. Sometimes in my case, for example, I have a standard that anytime I use the kitchen, anytime I do anything in the kitchen, I will put everything away and the counters will always be clean. That's my standard and that's what I enjoy. My wife doesn't do it that way. My wife will cook, she's super fast, but then she piles the dishes there and then at the end of the day, she will tidy everything up, okay? So you see different styles. And it's not that she leaves a mess behind. She will deal with it at nighttime and we rotate days. In this specific case, I have to learn how to be okay with that temporary mess when it's her time because she has a different way. And the reason why she does it after we had a communication, an intentional dialogue, and I expressed my frustration, then I understood why she does it. And she does it because her hands are very sensitive to the water, right? Anytime she puts hands in water and dries them off, they irritate and then she needs cream and then she has a hard time keeping her hands kind of like nicely moist and stuff. So I understand that she cannot do what I do. I always get my hands wet and I don't care because my hands are not reacting. In her case, she's more concerned about her hands getting wet. So she doesn't want to do it. And she doesn't want to use gloves every time she does something in the kitchen. So our happy balance was to do, you do one day, I do the next day, I do it my way, you do it your way, and that's it. That was our happy balance, okay? So just clear communication is important. That may help, yeah. okay? Yeah, their mess is not an expression of disrespect. Uh, that may help DH not feel personally attacked. Yeah, thank you, Catherine, for stating that, okay? Uh, yeah, so there are three solutions that she recommends when you are dealing with someone that is not organized, okay? Option number one, let it go. <laughs> Love them despite their messiness, okay? And just pick up after them. That's option number one. Option number two that she recommends, co-design shared spaces. What does that mean? Learn to live together by acknowledging that you have different styles and co-designing your common spaces. And this works really well. So that means that, for example, if you have the opportunity to have like your space and his or her space, you can create a physical boundary of this is your space. You can do whatever you want in that room. This is my room and I can do whatever I want here. And maybe the common areas you have to find the, the common ground. Okay, the, the living room and kitchen, these are the standards that we're gonna be setting, but then define clear the garage maybe is his space and the basement maybe is your space or vice versa again it depends on your living situation it will look different but that's another strategy and then the third one the third option is uh, 
help the person get organized. Okay? So help them actually get organized if they are willing to learn and curious about it. But they have to be interested in doing that. You cannot impose it on them. What option do you guys choose? Number one, number two, or number three? Do you choose to just let it go and pick up after themselves? Do you choose establishing physical boundaries and then having each other's space? Or do you choose the third one that is helping them get organized? You like all three, option two I can do with my son. Number three, amazing. So as you see, again, you will use number three if the person is willing to accept the help and they are interested. But if they are not, then you have to go to number two and maybe you can co-design spaces. And if that doesn't work either and you have tried your best, then maybe you have to go to number one and just let it go because it's not worth the hassle. Again, this involves a lot of communication, guys. It's not simple and easy, and I know that. This is probably one of the main sources of clutter for majority of the families, okay? Having this problem and not finding a clear way of communication, communicating with each other. So it is normal. You are not alone if that's happening in your household, and sometimes bringing a third person that is not attached emotionally and has nothing to do with any of you to bring clarity to the situation can be a very good way of bringing new energy, okay? I do this with families a lot. I act as a mediator. So I listen to the dad, to the mom, to the children, and then everybody has an opportunity to voice their concerns, to voice what they would like to change, to voice how they feel in a safe environment, and then everybody has an opportunity to uh, do make a request and then by doing this process, everybody becomes aware of everybody's needs. Everybody feels heard and respected because they all have an opportunity to share. Okay. And then that person, that mediator could be me, could be whoever you want to use. It's going to hold everybody accountable. So it's not going to be you holding your husband or your wife or your children. You didn't do this. You said you were going to do that. No, that will be their work. The mediator will do that work for you. So you will avoid the tensions, right? So there is a lot of benefits of doing this if you are stuck in those dynamics, okay? Just opening up that idea for you. And you can use a professional organizer in your area. You can use someone online. Uh, so I do these sessions online sometimes. So it doesn't matter. There are no limitations, okay? You have options. Just want to share that option for you in there, okay? And then she shares some secrets from a professional organizer that I find are very interesting, okay? So she recommends when you are starting the process to really ask yourself these questions, okay? There are five questions. Like, what's working, okay? So what's working right now? And I, I will invite you to think about a specific space here, okay? For example, Let's say that you are frustrated with your kitchen, just to name a space. So you will think about your kitchen and then you will think, what's working in my kitchen right now? What's something that I like about my kitchen? What is not working in my kitchen? What is frustrating me? Okay. What items are the most essential to you in the kitchen? Okay. So for example, if you love baking and you do that every week a few times, maybe baking is a big activity for you in the kitchen. So the baking items need to have a convenient spot for you to access them, okay? 
why do you want to get organized? Again, the question, why do you want to get organized? In the case of the kitchen, you will ask yourself, why do I want my kitchen to be organized? What am I missing from it? How do I want to feel? What do I want to be able to do? Okay, always think about the final outcome. Are you trying to start a new diet? Are you trying to invite your family members to cook and you want to have a kitchen that is accessible and, and clear? Uh, you want to invite people over and you are embarrassed because your kitchen is not clean and tidy? What is it? Okay, and then what's causing the problems? Really reflecting about all the things that we have talked about until now. What is causing the problems? Is it lack of time? Is it lack of intention? Is it uh, that you got 15 boxes from your parents and, and because they moved out and they downsized and you don't know what to do with them? What is the problem? Okay, really understand what the problem is, what's causing the clutter. Okay, how are you guys feeling? I see you a little bit quiet today. I don't see a lot of action questions. What is working? Thank you, Kay, for writing down everything. So far, how are you feeling? Like, what has been your biggest takeaway so much from these things? Remember, we are in the analyze step on step number one. We are trying to understand. We are trying to understand what's going on. Okay, what's going on? So we are ready to move to step number two. Okay. What is the name of the book to which you are referring? The name of the book is called Organizing from the Inside Out by Julie Morgenstern. Okay, I don't know if you can see it there. Organizing from the Inside Out by Julie Morgenstern. Okay. So this, the, the second step is to create the strategy, strategize. Okay, so on this step, the book talks about a very cool concept that I totally agree with, and that is the kindergarten process, the kindergarten model. Do you guys know what I mean by the kindergarten model? So, so many of us are disorganized. We don't know how to put order in our homes. So how come that you go to a kindergarten classroom Okay, and then you have, I don't know, 15, 20 kids in there creating chaos with all the toys, all the stuff that they have around. And then the teacher rings the bell and then all those little boys and girls that are probably one, two years old, how can they be able to run around and put everything back in a matter of minutes? Everything has its own box. Enjoy like a kindergartner. Everything has a place. What else, guys? Do you see them having fun or do you see them struggling when they are putting things back? Teams, small tasks, fun. Okay, so you have said everything has a box, everything has a home, they are having fun, small actionable steps, teachers to guide them. Do you think they understand where things go or not? Do you think the children understand the system that it's created there or not? The col colors. So how come that they, they didn't the first time, but after practice, everything is labeled. So yes, they understand. Absolutely. So guys, those little things, 
that haven't learned anything about life yet, and they're just having fun and playing all day long and creating messes, they are able to put order. They are able to declare that room and they are able to put everything back in its home. And then by the end of the day, the classroom is not a mess anymore, is it? It's a beautiful space that is ready for the next day. So just think about it. I am jealous now, but just think about it. You have to do the same in your home, okay? You have to create a system that you understand. You have to label things and containerize things in a way that you know where to place them, okay? And then at the end of the day, you have to do the maintenance of like everything that you have used, you just put it back in its spot. And then the following day, you will wake up and then your home will be beautiful. Everything will be in its home and you will be ready to do whatever you want. There is nothing on the way. How will that feel to you? Oh, that makes, that makes it feel good. Plus they learn that being able to clean up easily means more time for fun. Yeah, absolutely. So think about all those benefits, okay? So these are some of the things that you may be asking yourself that the book states, okay? So as you scan the endless piles of clutter and the monumental chaos before you and all family uh, and old familiar anxiety rises between you and your mind begins to rule with all too familiar questions like, where do I start? How long will this take? How in the world can I make my efforts last? Okay, so these are some of the questions that may be going in your head. <laughs> Maybe I have to make an organizing song. Kim, whatever it takes to make it fun. Honestly, if you, if that's what it takes for you to do it, maybe that's your new ritual. Every night, 8 p.m., the music goes on. And then you know that you have to start dancing and then you have to start collecting things and putting them in their respective places. Okay? So don't be, don't be shy. Just try whatever comes to mind. Guys, normally the first ideas that come to mind that seem crazy, those are the best ones. Okay? Those are the best ones. So listen to yourself because you already have the answers inside you. So if a song comes up for you, put it on every day. Give it a try. You may be surprised by the results. Okay, so we are in the strategize step. So we talk about the kindergarten model, okay? And this is a visual example of how the kindergarten model works, right? So what do you notice in this square? So you see that there are six squares in here in the book and illustrates different activities. Every activity has a specific name and inside every activity, there are bullet points, a few bullet points of the things that you will need to facilitate those activities, right? For example, there is music, there is a music square and they have record, record player, instruments, and the piano. There are a building block square, and inside that building blocks, they have blocks, they have mini miniature people, they have plastic animals, and they have storage crates, okay? There is a dress-up square, that they have a dress-up trunk, a hat tree, a mirror, and a shoe rack. They have a reading corner. There are rack, there is a bookshelf, and there are, there's a rocking chair, and there are books. So you see what I mean? So you start thinking about 
And guys, this is how I work with people, okay? I go into their homes and then I have a peek at their space and they are seeing chaos everywhere, right? They don't know how to move forward. And I am seeing office supplies, clothes, sport equipment, books, kitchen utensils, technology, records, VHS players, and, and, and you know what I'm seeing here? Furniture, uh, boxes unlabeled. So I'm starting to see those categories, but I don't make them up myself. Then I start asking them, so what would you like to see in this space? If you could snap your fingers and finish this space and it's completely finished, what, what do you do in the space? How do you feel? What activities do you em embrace in? And then they start telling me those things, right? And then we start making the list. So you want to you wanna sing or you want to play your instrument or you want to have a reading corner or you want to have an exercise place with your weights and, and your yoga mat or you want to have a playroom for your kids or you want to have a recording studio for your business, whatever that is, categories come to mind and then I will do this in my head, okay? And then my job is to help them create this in their head, okay? And then once we have the clarity, we start assessing the clutter by categories, okay? And that's what you will learn in, in the next step, okay? So once you strategize, okay, you have to estimate the time, how long this is gonna take. And this is something that a lot of the times it takes a while for people to guess because, so for example, it says, if you overestimate how long a project will take, okay, you are likely to procrastinate forever and never get started. So meaning if you want to start and you say, I'm going to declare my entire home and it's going to take me three months. How many of you are going to procrastinate that? Yeah, Fatima, I cut my hair. I know I look different. <laughs> okay. So if you overestimate how long that project is going to take, you will never get started because it's too big, it's too overwhelming and you just don't know how to grasp it. You don't know how to get started, right? On the other hand, if you say, I will tackle this Saturday morning before I go to the beach, absurdly underestimates the amount of time that almost any organizing project will take. So you will put in the time, but then seeing little or no results for all of your effort, you will walk away well short of the finish line. So you will not finish the project and then you will just give up. This is not worth it. This is can be done. And then you just will lose momentum and you will lose your motivation and you will feel like a failure. Okay. So those are the two spectrums of the, of the, so overestimating and trying to do a project that is going to take forever and underestimating to the point that it is not enough time to do anything. Okay. So if you fall on any of these spectrum, you are going to be facing those, those challenges. So you want to be somewhere in the middle, right? Um, so, and then she says, the truth is that most rooms in the home take an average of one to one and a half days to complete. One to one and a half days to complete. How do you feel about that? But it still doesn't work. So I know I have to take small steps, but still doesn't work. Kim, uh, we can dive deeper into the specific, your specific project, but I'm going to share the, the specific formula that she has for the physical space after for the attack. Okay. But it's very important that you understand what space are you doing? You understand 
your outcome, what kind of activities do you want to do in there, and then uh, how much time you are allowing yourself to do that. But guys, can you imagine that every room in your house in one to one and a half days can be done? Do you believe it? I'm just curious to know, do you believe that's true? But what to do with work and family? I don't have a full free day. That is good. No, yes, I do believe. Okay, I can tell you from my own experience, guys, that if you go to my website and you look at the before and after photos and videos, 95% of those projects are completed in less than seven hours. Majority of them are three hours to five hour sessions. Majority of them, except the ones that have paper because paper takes another layer. But majority of the projects, you will see kitchens, you will see garage, you will see they took us, Samantha, myself, working with the client. So two people, two professional organizers working with the client, between three and five hours, we complete a whole room. And people say, how is that possible? Because we follow a system, because we really understand what the people want, because they are ready. We, we, we don't work with everybody. So many times people call us and we will say, you are not ready. You don't really know what you want. So I'm going to come to your home and I have no idea what to do for you. You have to do more work on the mindset. You have to do more work on getting clarity. Okay. And until you don't get clear, I can help you get clear. But if you don't have clarity about what you need, we're just going to be moving things around for no reason. Okay. So she says that, and I totally agree with that. You can do a whole room in a day and a half for sure. And you don't have to take a full day off. As some people were saying, I have to work. You can do that in two half days, you can do that in three afternoons, you can do that in a whole weekend, or you can take a day off because you know when you finish, it's gonna be done, and then you can move on with life, okay? So let's move to the next, to the last step, okay? The attack. The attack space has a formula called space. Yeah, I don't know what I want. Christine, that's the thing. Like so many, so many of you and myself included, if I don't have the clarity about what, what am I doing in that space? Like today, for example, my wife and I, we are decluttering our basement. If we don't have clarity about what we want, the end result, we will get started and we will, we will not finish it because we don't know what we are doing. So we have to get very clear about, okay, what is the outcome here? We need to add extra shelves. We need to have a, a space for our air conditioners to go. We want to put our winter stuff in there, our snowboards, and then the bicycle trailer needs a space for this for the winter. So we have very specific outcomes that we are aiming for. If we don't have that clarity, then what are we creating? You know what I mean? It will be very confusing. Start with the outcome. Absolutely, guys. Start with the outcome. Start with connect with that feeling, connect with what you want to be doing. Okay? So the third step is the attack. That's when you, you are going to take action. Okay, and that space has five. It's a it's called space. So space is the acronym and space. And if someone wants to type it there, space is the formula. Okay, is S P A C E S stands for short sorting. You have to sort things. Okay, P stands for perch. You have to perch the things that do no longer serve you, okay? A, assign a home, okay? C, containerize. So use containers or something to contain the things. 
so that they don't fall all over the place. And the E stands for equalize. Equalize means maintaining, tweaking, doing whatever you need to make the system flow for you because it's not, it's not going to be perfect from day one, okay? When you create the system, you have to test it over time and then you have to tweak it, you have to make changes, you have to optimize it, you have to like, until it feels really good. And the equalized process is gonna be with you the rest of your life because anytime your life evolves, anytime your life changes, the physical space is gonna change. The activities that you do are going to change. So you're going to equalize that space again by assessing, reassessing the outcome, reassessing what am I wanting to do in this space now that is different from before. And then you are gonna declare what you no, no longer need. You are going to like assign a home for the new things that you have. And then you're going to containerize things so that they are tidy in one place, okay? You have to follow this in the specific order. First step is sorting. Second step is purging. Third step is assigning a home. Fourth step is once you have assigned a home, containerize that somehow so that everything is nicely and accessible in there and equalizes the last step. That's the maintenance, okay? What I see, a lot of people get started trying to assign a home for things and they skip the sorting and the purging. What do you think is going to happen if you skip those two steps? Hi, Clarence from Arizona. <laughs> overwhelming. Why? Why do you think it's going to be overwhelming? So you are trying to, you, you are trying to assign homes for things. Hi, Nati Nati. But, but you haven't done the sorting and you haven't done the purging. And you're trying to find homes for everything. So what's happening here, so what means purge? Don't know the word. So uh, purging means decluttering, letting go, okay? So sorting, in, in the sorting process, what you are going to do is like, you're gonna look at the space and you're gonna say, okay, I have books, I have office supplies, I have paper, I have uh, mobile phones, I have, uh, musical instruments. So you, you are going to create the categories that exist in that space. Okay. So sorting means that you are going to put things alike with things alike. That's sorting so that you become aware of like, oh, I have this, I have this, I have this. Then purging meaning means letting go of the things that you don't need. So if you have decided in that space that you want to have a reading corner and you have books, you are going to keep the books. But if you have exercise, exercise equipment that takes half of the room, but you don't want to exercise at home anymore because you, you go to the gym, then you need to purge off the exercise equipment because it no longer serves you. And it's taking space away that you, that you need for something else. So you have to let that go. Does it make sense? It can be the opposite. Maybe you want to exercise in that room and you no longer read at home and you don't need your books because you use the library system. So maybe you have to purge off the books because they no longer serve what you want to do in that room. Or maybe you move them to a different space in your home, okay? <clears throat> so if you don't sort and you don't purge, you are going to be assigning homes for things that you don't need. You are going to have way too much stuff, okay? And then you are going to feel overwhelmed and then you are going to give up. 
So that's why it's so important. And this is something that so many people skip. And the first thing that we always do with people is like, we are going to touch everything in the room and we are going to declutter everything that you don't need. And they are amazed at the amount of things that they let go because they don't need them. And then when they see the space opening up, what do you think happens to them? They start recognizing like, wow, like the space is starting to look really good. I'm starting to feel really well here. I'm starting to see my vision come true. Okay. That cannot happen if you don't declutter, if you don't purge. Okay. Does that make sense, guys? What do you think of this formula? Have you tried this formula? For those of you who are struggling with the decluttering process, have you tried this formula to the T? Yes or no? No, really good, thanks. No, no, no. Okay, everybody is saying no. Angela says yes, it works. So for all of you who are saying no, what are you doing next? Once we finish this session and you are going to get started, not today or whenever you have the time to do the decluttering, what are you going to do next? What is your next actionable step? Sorting. Even before sorting. Remember that sorting is a part of the attack. So to to remind you of the steps of the book, okay? Analyze, strategize, and attack, okay? So analyzing involves understanding what's causing the clutter, understanding how you feel about the clutter, and understanding all the psychological obstacles, all that stuff, okay? Strategize means to create your vision, to really understand what is it that I want, and then create a plan of attack. How much time am I allowing myself to do this? Put it in your calendar getting help if you need to, just creating a plan of attack. What's next, right? Thinking about the first space that you are going to do. And then once you have done that, you're going to do the space formula. You're going to sort, you're going to purge or let go, you're going to assign a home, you're going to containerize, and then you're going to equalize. You're going to maintain, okay? And it's important if you feel like Alison says yes and no, I have trouble purging. So, Alison, why do you have trouble purging, letting go? What's your obstacle here? Are you willing to share what's what's in your mind that is stopping you from from I love my stuff. So what why do you have to let it go if you love it? Why are you forcing yourself to let go of things that you love? Because the goal here is not to just let go. I don't have room. Okay, so you have a problem of having too many things and too little space. That's a big problem for a lot of you. And then you have to be intentional. Guys, there is no other way of doing this. If you live in a small space, okay, if you live in a small space, you cannot have a lot of things that don't fit in there. So, Alison, have you optimized your storage places? Have you optimized how you use vertical spaces in closets? Do you have shelves everywhere to optimize vertical space in every room? Have you done that work? Yes or no? Because so many times I go into smaller spaces, people feel that they need to move, that they need to let go of things that they love. But then when we look at the space, we come up with, no, you can add a shelf here. You can have a dresser here. The the, the shelves maybe 
the shelves in your closet maybe are like this far apart and you only have these mats and you have so much space wasted okay so guys you have to optimize your current storage space if that's your problem okay you are working on that now amazing but when you are working on that you are going to create extra storage space to store the things that are really meaningful to you okay not to store things that you don't know what they are for that's another thing so you will you can still sort things you can know how much you have of each category and then you can create space storage space for those specific things you can measure it and then you can make it work okay so we are almost at the end of the session uh, and many of you are probably asking yourself where do i start and the book has some examples okay the book goes through like so many examples that are very nice but I, we don't have time to dive into all of them but the book has some recommendations to know where to get started okay the book says pick the space so the book uh the book is called organizing from the inside out by julie morgenstern okay there will be a recording of this so nati nati if you are in the circle if you guys want to join my circle it's called your thriving lifestyle i will share a, a recording in there okay thank you v for that recommendation i didn't know that the audiobook has only one third okay uh you will find my website you can find it on my profile on inside timer or you can go join the circle and then i will share the link in there okay so the book says pick the space you either spend the majority of your time in find the most irritating in terms of clutter or that's keeping you from reaching your personal or professional goals okay did you guys understand that so pick a space where you spend the majority of your time a space that is frustrating you the most or a space that is going to help you uh, reach your personal goals so when i always tell people the same thing where to get started guys what is the space that if you can start and finish you will benefit the most from which one is that space and don't get started with the artsy don't get started with spaces that you don't spend time there because what we are trying to find here for you guys is a quick win you need to start and finish a space where you are going to spend everyday time on it okay where you are going to reap the benefits of it because when you do that you're gonna feel so good in that space that is completely finished that when you get out into the rest of your home and it's messy you are going to feel motivation you're going to feel excitement you have accomplished something anytime you feel overwhelmed you will go to that space you will shut the door and that's what people tell me sometimes we do the basement sometimes it's the kitchen sometimes it's the bedroom and people when we leave a few days later they say emilio every time i feel overwhelmed in my house because of clutter i go to that space that we finish together i shut the door i sit there and i just feel calm i just look around me and i see that i am able to do this i see i am capable because i have completed this and then they feel themselves motivated again to do the next step and then you will do the next space okay and then you will start and finish it and even if the rest of your house is a mess it doesn't matter finish a space and maintain space start creating that habit okay and then over time you're gonna start doing that in every space of your of your home 
could you repeat the steps? So the book talk, talks about three main steps, okay? Analyze, strategize, and attack, okay? And inside the attack, inside the third step, the formula is called space, okay? So you are going to sort, and then you are going to purge, that is letting go, you are going to assign a home, you are going to containerize, and you are going to equalize, that, that's the maintenance, okay? Okay, I wanna share with you some of the examples that are visual, so that you can see. Someone, someone mentioned a bedroom, okay? So I'm gonna share an example from the book about a bedroom and how they do the, the process, okay? So, so this is the bedroom, okay? So it says, the analyze step. Say, what's working? I get cold at night, so I keep spare quilts in a blanket chest at the foot of my bed. It's great to be able to reach down and grab one in the middle of the night. So that's something that is working in the bedroom, okay? I keep a notepad and some pens in my night table to record ideas or even dreams when I am in bed. So that's another idea, that's something that is working. So you don't wanna change that. Example, what is not working? I can never relax in my bedroom because it's where I dump all the unfinished household chores until I can get to them. It certainly helps me clean up the rest of the house for company, but I dread coming into my bedroom at night. So that's one example of something that doesn't work for this person. Another example, the side of my bed is a wreck. I can barely fit a glass of water on my bedside table. And there are piles of newspapers, books, socks, running shoes, stationery, and checkbooks on the floor. The clutter puts me on edge. I think it's why I have trouble sleeping at night. So that's another example of something that is not working. Another example, my dresser top is a mess. Ties, receipts, cufflinks, change from my wallet, everything gets dumped there and everything gets lost there. I lose a half an hour a day just searching for what I need, okay? Example, what items are most essential to you? Sharon says, often folded laundry and mended clothes while watching TV and thus needed places for laundry and mending as well as videos and her TV guide, okay? Kathy says, needed places for bedside reading materials, candles, reading glasses, hand lotion, alarm clock, phone, and water glass, okay? Make out his bills in the bedroom while listening to music, this is Carl and needed places for banking supplies, envelopes, and writing implements, as well as audio cassettes. So guys, are you seeing the logic of this? Everybody's reflecting about themselves, everybody's stating what's working, stating what's not working, what items are most essential. So these are some examples of real people, okay? And thank you for the comments. Thank you, Emilio. I'm started today analyzing the kitchen. Amazing D, share your progress in the, in the circle, please. I would love to read it, okay? so. Why do you want to get organized? Okay, why do you want to get organized? Examples. I want to have a peaceful retreat. I want to have better sleep at night. I want a sense of control. I want to get more reading done. 
Okay? What's causing the problems? This is interesting. What's causing the problems? And some people say, inconvenient storage. Bedrooms have become multipurpose rooms. No longer just a place to sleep and dress. They are where we watch TV, do chores, even exercise. Yet they are usually outfitted to store only the most traditional bedroom-related items. The solution is to inventory what you will keep in the room and find containers and storage units designed specifically for them. Okay? So, did you understand that portion? Bedrooms ha have become something way more than just a sleeping place, especially in places that are smaller. If you live in cities, you don't have a lot of abundance on space. The bedroom, in our case, the bedroom is our office, is it's a place where we read, it's a place where I work sometimes on the bed, uh, it's a place where we do crafts with my daughter, it's a place where we have our home office printer. Our bedroom is a hub, man. There are so many stuff in there. But we understand what we use it for, and every space has a specific location. So that's what you have to do, okay? So this is one example of something that you can do when you start doing your space, okay? So you start thinking about, like, activities that you want to do and then you have supplies and you, you have storage units. So what kind of activities are you planning on doing? And then you state them here. And then what kind of supplies do you need for those activities? And then you state them here. And then what kind of storage space do you need to store these supplies? And you write it here. Okay? So for example, activities, reading, supplies, magazines, books, and reading glasses. Storage units, bedside table, okay? Grooming, an activity is grooming. What do you need? I need hairbrushes, jewelry, and accessories. Where are you planning on storing that? In the vanity dresser, okay? TV music, another activity. What do you need? I need videos, CDs, audio tapes, TV guide, and remote controls, okay? And then where are you storing this? In a TV stand, okay? So as you see, sleeping. So I need to have spare blankets, I need to have pillows, and I need to have eye masks. Where are you storing that? In the closet, the spare blankets, and the pillows and the eye masks in the bedside table. Okay? And then paperwork. This person does paperwork in the bedroom, and there is nothing wrong with that. So what do I need to do my paperwork? Stationery, bills, pens and pencils, stamps, banking supplies, and greeting cards. Where are you storing that? In one drawer in the bedside table. Do you see how intentional this is, guys? The book is so helpful if you take your time with it and follow it step by step, work on your rooms, one section at a time, one corner at a time. Thank you, B, absolutely. This is a jam-packed book that it's worth reading, guys. It's worth you going to the library and getting a copy or buying it online or whatever you wanna do, but it's really worth it to read it because it's really, really helpful, okay? And before I go, so, Julie Morgenstern has a daughter, okay, her name is Jessie, and she also co-wrote a book with her mom called Organizing from the Inside Out for Teens. So, for those of you who have children, this book is really nice because it's very visual. And again, why only the books that are for kids are visual? Because we all are visual. So, look at this, for example, before and after, the layout of a bedroom. How cool is that? That's super cool, right? 
Another example of before and after photos of a closet that is organized or disorganized and what they did to solve it, right? Just optimizing the vertical space. So it's just very nice to see sometimes, look at this visual way of doing your categories, okay? So this person says, okay, I have, uh, in my CDs, I have these different collections. In my clothing, I have these different pieces of clothing that I want to store. And then in my exercise gear, I have these different things that I need to store. So this is a very visual way for you to brainstorm and really design the space that you want. What activities am I doing? Oh, I want to exercise, so exercise. And then you start putting arrows. So what do I need to exercise? I need my yoga mat, I need my running shoes, I need a towel, I need my music, I need a weight, I need whatever you need, right? And then you come up with a chart that looks like this, that is your own specific chart, and then you just do whatever you want in there. And then you create storages for those specific uh, activities, okay? So again, more examples, visual examples. So this is another great book that is the exact same formula that this book follows, okay? But it's for it's called Organizing from the Inside Out for Teens, okay? And believe it or not, Julie Morgenstern shares in her books that she was really disorganized when she was growing up, when she was having uh, her, her baby, she was very, very disorganized and she was struggling so much that that was the motivation that she needed to, to turn things around. So it's so interesting to read that portion of her life and why she felt so inspired to do this work, okay? So guys, that was the session for today. Uh, we went over a few minutes, but I know you may be like, wow, this is a lot of information. But again, this is a framework, a framework that you can follow. I will share the steps in the circles for you to remember. But this is a framework that if you follow it to the T, it does work. This is what I use with my clients, a very similar approach. Guys, and if you step, if you skip the first steps, the clarity, the, the clearing your intentions and really getting clear on what you need, and purging, the, the letting go before you start organizing, you most likely will not succeed because it's just going to be too overwhelming. Okay, if you guys enjoyed this session, as always, there is a donation button somewhere there. Feel free to click in there if you feel inspired to support my work. I am live uh, every week, two times. This week is today and tomorrow because I'm away the next of the week, uh, the rest of the week. But normally I'm live on Tuesdays and Thursdays, okay, at 10 a.m. I have two courses on Inside Timer that you can check. One is about self-care and the other one is about minimalism. And I am creating a third course about uh, creating your clutter-free home. So I'm in the process of creating that one. Uh, yeah, and I, I will be starting doing workshops in January. So check that out, guys, the courses. Uh, if you take some of them, Make sure that you engage in the course classroom. I love reading from you. And I hope you have an amazing rest of the day. And I will see you tomorrow to keep talking about the law of attraction. Okay, so tomorrow, same time, uh, I will be here. And then we will be talking about the law of attraction. Okay, if you guys have any questions, share them now. And if not, I will leave you. Thank you, Luisa. Thank you, Iris, for your donation. I really appreciate your support.
Okay, so I don't see any questions. So guys, please uh, read this, follow the steps. Just choose a, choose a space that, that is easy enough for you to get it done and start and finish that space. Start and finish that space. It's so important to get a quick win, okay? It's so important to have a space that you have completed and then move the mess somewhere else and then you will keep doing that. It's a muscle. You will start somewhere and then you will start making progress, getting inspired, seeing results, creating new habits, maintaining that new space that you created and then you will start using those skills for the next space and then for the next space, okay? Do you have your own book, Emilio? Yes, I do have a book. It's called A Recipe for an Extraordinary Life and you can find it in my website. So if you go to my link, Inside Timer link, profile link, just go in there and then go to the website and you will find it there, okay? Okay, guys, I hope you have an amazing day uh, and I will see you tomorrow at the same time, okay? Adiós.